Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome. This is a new episode of Better. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me is my bride, Ugh. bride <laughs> wife. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> no. Julie Duffy, ladies Julie and Duffy is here. <laughs> and, um, and, and we've got a couple things we want to talk about. I had this funny moment this week with this kid I feel like telling you guys about. Um, so we're working through some difficulties in therapy, and, um, and I asked him, what are you best at? And he said, I have great taste in music, and I'm a great dancer. These were his things. Oh, wow. I'm a great dancer. And, and this was, these were highly unlikely answers. <laughs> so I was very curious about both, and I was like, a dancer. And he told me a little bit about that. I'm like, great taste in music. So who's awesome? And he starts off, and he's like, you know, Chance is awesome. Kendrick is awesome. Agree. Um, he likes the Lumineers, and he likes Mumford and Sons. He said, so I like that kind of deal. He said, I don't always love a band. And, um, and so he seems to be correct that he has a very, very good taste in music. And he can tell you, like, um, from this album to this album, um, Oh, who's the D Dave Matthews? Dave Matthews was great, and then since then he's just been repeating the same crap he did 20 years ago, and he needs something fresh, which feels true to me, right? Yeah. You know, so, so, um, so I start asking about different artists first, trying to be hit by you know stick with the very, very, very current, and then in a selfish act, kind of, I say, so uh, what about like, and, and I, I couch it because I go, <laughs> what about like Tom Petty? He goes, damn good, damn good, really solid songwriter. I like Tom Petty a lot. Um, uh, and then I go, how about like Springsteen? He goes, honestly, overrated. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh! So I'm what? in therapy. I'm the therapist. Oh my god! And there, and and about six inches. Behind his head is a picture of Bruce Springsteen. Did he see it? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I managed my reaction well. But um, for you therapists out there, sometimes um, holding a, an objective position is a challenge. Be careful where you put yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Wait. How um, – how – how, oh, much, I went how much are you strategizing um, trying to bring him over to the other side? Huh? Uh, not, oh, not only am I strategizing. What albums have you purchased for him? Uh, I didn't have to because I said, uh, <laughs> so I said, yeah, what, what, what do you mean? He goes, well, like born in the USA. It's just, it's just racket. It's just noise. And I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes the band can be like, you know, overwhelming. But if you came down to an album like Nebraska or Devils and Dust, um, I don't know if you know those albums, you know, like I know some people who really like him. <laughs> he knows, right? You should, you should check out. He, he finally he knew like I was a Springsteen guy. Those are good recommendations. Your, he's young. <laughs> <laughs> He and he's not know. perfectly informed. He knows not. Um, but he's, he's a good music expert. So I will be reporting back um, and uh, in, in minor violation of his confidence. But uh, I'm going to let him know that we're talking about this because uh, it's important. And it's important that if he doesn't understand Springsteen fully, <laughs> that he really get to know the man underneath the music and underneath the saxophones and the seven guitars. What about the dancing part? Oh yeah, the, so this is just Did amazing. Did he demo? Very. He, I couldn't get him to demo. 
Sometimes I can get a kid to demo. Um, like I've had, so I'm thinking over the years, I have had, um, I've had a kid uh, play on a ukulele and sing a song she wrote in my office that I don't think anybody else had heard. Oh, wow. Um, I have had a kid get up, more than one, but one in particular, a kid told me, um, I had known him for a very long time, like two years. And he said, uh, there's a lot you don't know about me, John. A lot of kids call me John, which, <laughs> which I, I love. freaking love. Yeah. And um, I'm like, like what? He goes, well, sometimes when I, so he, he goes to parties. This was part of the deal. This was part of what his parents were upset about. He goes, and I get the parties. Whole, I get this whole crowd around me because I can rap freestyle really well. Somebody, uh. Like literally like somebody can give me a topic and I can just do that. And I was just like, I was kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're telling me I've known you all this time and you can rap. And and um, just as a side note, some kids have told me they can rap and I've heard it. And it's been, I. <laughs> <laughs> just I. This guy gets up. He goes, give me a topic. Like he's looking at me like hard. And, I, and I'm like, oh, this might be interesting. And I go, therapy. And off he goes, man. And it was, not only was it good, but I can tell he had been experienced at freestyle rapping. There's a There's a... A rhythm, a pantameter to good mm-hmm, to my mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. I like about good rapping, and it's not like da 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 da. It's more like that Eminem, yeah, yeah, that where 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 you punctuate right in the middle of of the line, and this kid had that down, and he was screaming like in my office, and I and there were people working down the hall. I'm like. I'm not disrupting whatever whatever's happening here. I might not get to see this again. This is amazing. <laughs> and so he freestyled a couple of verses, and it was hot. I mean, it was unbelievable. I love everything about that. What was the question you asked the first kid? What do you what are you great at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he so he he had run into some difficulty that made him feel like a loser, and so I asked him, "What are you great at?" And it's a risky question, but. But most kids have an answer to that question. No, and 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 usually it's something that nobody knows. You know. No, what no, mean? right. I, well, I, I will trust that you know your talk. What you're talking about when you say it's a risky question, but I, I actually don't. I don't think it is. Um, and I love it. And I just wanted to pause on that for a minute. Um, we, you and I did that exercise that one time that we talked about on the podcast where we told each other what was great about each other. It's sometimes hard. It is sometimes hard to, to, to say what's great about you, but it's such a great energy shift. I love that. So yes. um, everybody write down two things that are great about you. Yeah, and then do it. Like, you know, that, that what, one cool thing is well, to just, actually just, notice just how it... show yourself or show somebody, you know, because, um, you know, the, 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 the guy who was rapping, you know, he was just beaming because... You for for a couple of reasons. One is he knew he killed. The other was he knew I didn't know he could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, like he could see the absolute shock on my face, and it was like you know, hell yeah. You oh know my what God, I mean? that reminds me of when my brother Brad sang at my brother Jeff's wedding. He sang a song. No, he wrote the lyrics at the, to at the at his at, at his, his reception. Reception. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. And I ran out on the dance floor and slipped and fell, I think. You did. You fell. My shoes were, not because I was drunk, my shoes were slippery. But I was just gobsmacked. That was a great surprise. It was, it was, um, 
I was so scared for <laughs> whatever was going to happen there, and it was unbelievable. He was great. Yeah, so just in general, sometimes if someone's stuck, you know, ask them what, either what's going well or what, what's great about you, yeah. you know, yeah. anyway. And sometimes, uh, so, so this, this is one thing about, like, I'm just thinking about these two guys, but this is true of a lot of people. Um, you could sit there and tell them what, you know, and, and this is not a, a bad thing to do either, whether you're a therapist or a parent or a person, is to just reflect to somebody, here's what I really admire about you. Here's what I think is really cool about you. Every once in a while, and maybe more often than that, it's really cool to ask somebody else, what's great about you? And, and what's great about you that nobody knows? What's your thing that nobody knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. most people have an answer to that. You know what I mean? Like most people are kind of like, you know, will look both ways and then kind of call you in a little bit closer and whisper like, you know, yeah, I can dance really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, just, just, yeah. Just between you and me, man, I'm, I'm a killer dancer, you know? I love it. Oh, my yeah. God, I love it. Yeah. So, so that can happen. Yeah. Um, I, had, I had an interesting, busy week here where um, I, did a little, I did a little bit of all the stuff I like to do. Because I got to do some radio, I got to do some TV, I got to do some speaking, we got to make a podcast, yeah. and I did therapy. Yes. Pretty pretty big week. Pretty fun. Um, but I thought we would talk about um, the f- movie. So, so part of the speaking I did was around this film called Angst, which I'm sure we've spoken about on the podcast at some point. A little bit, we? yeah, I think so. Yeah. So in, as, by way of reminder, uh, a couple years ago... Um, a, a couple of indie filmmakers, and I think the name of their company is Indie Flicks, um, made a movie called Angst. And it was a film about t- teenage anxiety, a documentary. And effectively, simply and beautifully, all, effectively all they did was interview teenagers about their anxiety. And what was interesting and cool about this movie, uh, and if your school district um, hasn't shown this film, I would reach out to the filmmakers and see if you can arrange a screening of this. You um, will be able to, yeah. You can, yeah, yeah, yeah you can. So I, I, I would do this um, because it's an important piece. Or for your whatever community group or your church, anyone, you know, any 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 group. Anybody can have a have a showing of it. Yeah, and you learn an awful lot about anxiety, and specifically how it, how it presents in teenagers. And one thing you and I both noted, um, and I, I, you and I saw this about a year ago. I saw it twice on yeah. Wednesday or whatever, <laughs> or Tuesday or whatever, whatever day it was this week. And um, what, what I was struck by, first of all, is how um, emotional it is. So it's just interviews with teenagers. And, and um, if you'll remember, the first time you and I watched it at home, you paused it. Yeah. And you asked me if I was okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of wasn't because <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Uh, I was a very anxious kid, and I could relate to most everything these kids were saying. Um, what's striking about the movie is you cannot name a type of kid. You, you cannot describe a kid that doesn't show up somewhere in this movie. So Yeah, the gift of it, one of the gifts of it is that it shows – not just the kid that you would think is struggling, but like every kid, the cheerleader, the, um, I don't know, the athlete. Oh, uh, Phelps, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. <laughs> is in it. Yep. Um, so it gives you, it gives that gift that it, it it's not, um, it, it, it can uh, strike and seems to 
Just about everyone. Just about everyone. <laughs> um, and what's cool about these kids is uh, their their courage and just talking about it, knowing that a lot of people are going to see this thing, and the way they can articulate how they feel. Um, and and so I started my talks really with um, how these kids are so keenly aware that there is anxiety and depression and that these are um, tangible feelings that themselves and a lot of their peers feel and sense all the time, every day. And a generation ago, shit, I was, sorry, I was was experiencing (laughs) panic attacks in school and I had no idea what was wrong with me. My parents took me to doctors and they basically said, yeah, kid's fine. We did a right. blood test. Yeah. He's all right. No, nobody ever thought like, you know, therapist might be helpful here. You know what I mean? So I was just like sent back out, you know, to have more panic attacks. Like, because there's not, and I have verification. There's nothing wrong with my body or my mind. It was very weird. Um, but these kids are, are aware of it and they know what it is. Um, so I had a couple of weird, crazy moments when, in the Q&As. So I, I effectively, after both showings, I did Q&As. The early showing was 99% parents. And um, the striking thing about that uh, showing was that we were um, in a room that I think holds about 400 people or so, and it was standing room only. And this wasn't about me. This was about anxiety right. and their kids and how am I going to help my kids right. through Seen this thing. Right, seeing the movie, thing. yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then in the evening we were in a high school auditorium, hundreds of people also, a lot of children in this in this place, but people were not only asking about their their high school kids. People were asking about their twenty three year olds. People were asking about their much younger kids. The first person who asked a so so, I was a little troubled by um, how I was going to engage the audience. Just as from a, from a speaking point of view, how I was going to engage engage the audience in the evening thing because I was in a picture a high school auditorium. Place is massive, right? The stage looks like it's a football field wide, and off to the right-hand side is, is a podium that looks like a toy. There's a big screen, and then there's no people. So there's, there's room for an orchestra, <laughs> and then oh, there's right. no people for several rows. And I'm picturing like, okay, after the, after the showing of this movie, I'm going to get up there all the way in the corner, and I'm going to be... 50 yards from the next person, that's not going to work out. So I got, um, I, I kind of freaked out a little bit. I found the person in charge and got a mic I could walk around with instead of having to be locked to the Yeah, stage. you always walk around. Yeah. yeah. So so I head out to the audience and I give a little synopsis of the movie and a few of my impressions. Then I ask people if they have any questions. And I don't see any hands up. It, during the day, out of, you know, what, 400 people or so, there were 200 hands up. I mean, I was like, oh, we can do this all day. We're good. You know what I mean? Um, and then somebody points down. And I'm, I don't know what they're pointing at. And I walk over to where they are, and they're pointing at this kid who's sitting next to them with his hand up. Uh, He's nine. Uh, and he talks about his anxiety about college and tests and how nervous he is about growing up. And his, his voice hasn't changed. He has, he, has a, he, has a, he has a voice of a little guy. And um, it was amazing because he, again, articulated it so well. But what you could feel everybody was struck by was, because I made him say, you know, like, I, I was like, 
dude, you know, I, I gave him a fist bump and I'm like, <laughs> how old are you, man? And he said, I'm nine. Oh and, and there was God. this collective gasp. Yeah. Um, so um, I'll just take this moment to point out that your book that's coming out in August, so it's Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety, um, Raising Happy, Healthy Humans Age 8 to 24, because adolescence... Mango Press 2019. <laughs> adolescence has expanded both ways. So yeah, so you, you saw that. I um, saw that in re- confirmed I, it, it, all day that day. I saw it confirmed that yeah. people were talking about their bigs and their littles. So what and, did he say? What did he yeah, say? Yeah. So so um, so he asked about that. He, he said, "So what do I do when I get nervous to go to to go to school?" So he's nervous to go to school to go to school now. to take the test to tomorrow. Like you know, literally, he was talking about a test tomorrow, and he was nervous about it, and he didn't want to go. And I think he was in third grade, and so. We, so literally, I um, <laughs> whether this is a wise thing to do as a therapist or not, or, or as a speaker, as the therapist in me found myself um, effectively sitting with him and doing a little therapy session. Good. About like, you know, okay, so tell me about the test tomorrow. You know, um, are you ready for it? He goes, maybe a little bit. It's a hard class. It's his... Um, and what, what do they call history when you're young? Social studies. It's, oh, social yeah. <laughs> it's my social studies class. My teacher's kind of mean, you know, kind of, he's, he's telling me the story and, um, and, I, and I'm not doing so good. I'm not doing very good. And I asked him if he was trying and if he was working and, uh, and he said yes. And I asked his parents who were sitting, flanking him. I'm like, you know, is, uh, what's the metric for doing okay? And they said, trying, we're happy if he's trying. And you're, and you're trying. So we, I, try, I wanted to marry those things up. And he said, yeah, but I want to, I want to do good. My friends are doing good. And I want to, I want to do well. And I, I so get that, you know. Um, so did you, have you studied? And he said he had. Um, and he said he felt ready. And I said, so maybe you get nervous like during it. He said, I forget everything. Uh-huh. I forget everything when I sit down and take the test. So we talked about, <laughs> this, this is something I do with kids much older. But we talked about making the test a game. I said, so what if you made the test a game between you and your teacher? And your teacher is trying to trick you. So this is, this is what the whole test is about, right? So the teacher is giving you, and it's a multiple choice test. So the teacher is giving you options. Three of them are a trick, and one of them is true. And your, jo- all your, your, your job, in a fun way, is to find the true one. You know, and and he loved that. Like really? he, oh, yeah, he dug that. So he, does that work with uh, kids? Yeah, I mean, so to take the gravity out right. of the test, you know what I mean? Like, what uh, there, there's a number of to things you can do. Shift the perspective, right? Um, with older kids, you can say, uh, okay, this test tomorrow. Um, let's say you and I decide we're going to meet five years from now. We're going to meet on April 20, 2024. Um, will we be talking about tomorrow's test? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The long game. So the long game, right? You know, so, um, but but I encourage anybody who's a, anxious in real time about something that's going on to either play the long game or think about the game. I mean, the, the, more, the more light you make it, the, the more of a game you make it, the lighter it's going to be, no matter what it is, no matter what, whether it's a job interview or a test or a final or asking a girl to prom. You know what I mean? Whatever it is can be a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and it can be a little lighter and more and more playful. Um, I did have one moment that I think is noteworthy and, and is what I really wanted to talk about. And finally, we'll get to it 20 minutes into our podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, there was a girl 
um, who I was talking with, and um, she raised her hand. She said she was anxious all the time. Oh, she, this was a public question? Yeah. Yeah, you told me the story. Yeah. I thought she just was talking to you one-on-one. No, nope, oh, no, nope, okay. nope. this, was, this was across a theater. I mean, you know, like uh, she, was, interesting. Okay. she was half a football field for me when okay. she started this question. Okay. And, um, and she said, I'm anxious all the time. I'm anxious about going to school. Um, anxious about coming home. I'm anxious on the bus. Uh, and, um, and she kind of went on and on and on. Uh, and, and so, you know, what do I do? You know, and, and, and it, for those of you who have done public speaking, uh, usually you feel like, I'm an expert. I know my shit. Give me anything. This, I was kind of like, I don't know, man. You sound like, <laughs> you sound like, sounds like a train wreck here. <laughs> um, so I just asked her, are, are you anxious now? And she said, now, no. And, and I was thinking, like, really? You know, and I, and I pointed out, so you're in an auditorium holding a microphone, speaking about your anxiety in front of hundreds of people, 99% of whom you do not know, and you're not anxious now? Are you sure you're anxious all the time? Right. Because <laughs> most people would say, this is the anxiety-provoking <laughs> thing. <laughs> and, um, and she laughed, and we all laughed and, uh, and recognized, like, okay, maybe we give some of these diagnostic words too much Energy. Energy. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So that that in the end is kind of what I wanted to talk about is, you know, so here we are and we're talking about teenage anxiety. And in these words, over the course of these hours, we said the word anxiety a million times. And I will cop to, <laughs> and you will recognize this of me, Julie, on any given day of my life, I probably say the word anxiety 50 times at a minimum. I use it all the time. I my book has the word anxiety in the title, you know? Well, and the calls you get, um, the inquiries you get, um, they're all, my kid is anxious, my kid is depressed, my kid has anxiety. I mean, it, it's it's daunting how much of an epidemic it feels like. But yes, I do think also, um, and, you know, anxiety, as we all know, feeds on itself. And you can even just get caught up in being anxious about being anxious. Like, am I going to get anxious again? You know, I mean, so it's, it's a monster, but, um, so, so that's interesting. I like that liar, right? I like that you, um, you know, could point out, you know, let's think about, are we really always anxious? Um, you know, I, that, that was a good story. I don't know what, you know, where to really go with it, but yeah, that, that, that she, that seems like a scenario where she would, be anxious if she was always anxious. So, and and, I, and I, there's a couple places we can go with it, but one of them is this: um, for those of us who are depressed, we're probably not always depressed. For those of us who feel like I, I don't feel anything ever, that's probably not true. You know, um, we we tend to paint ourselves, I find, with these broad sweeping statements. And then they just become definitions of ourselves. And trust me, I've done this. I, 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 I did this for years with myself where, you know, I thought I'm always anxious. And so I was always anxious. I mean, in a way, it, the belief becomes self-perpetuating and you, you plant the seed and it grows in your mind. Right. Because- well, and you know what else I just thought of is, you know, she was describing 
Um, I'm anxious about going to school. I'm anxious about going home. I'm anxious to say on the bus or something. Yeah. But when she was act, you know, we talked about this a little bit last time when she was talking about when in, in action, talking about it, she didn't feel anxious. So part of that, I think, is when we ruminate, when we're thinking right. instead of doing or anticipating or thinking, ruminating, we get caught in these loops where sometimes when we're in action and we're doing things, we're not really anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. Uh... So the more we ruminate and think about it and the less we act, um, are in action, then, that, then it, it can grow. Um, right. I, I work with one, with a young woman um, who I have, I've spoken to on this podcast, and we will speak to her again. Um, her name is Kathleen. And, um, and she says um, that she is anxious an awful lot of the time. She's depressed an awful lot of time. She's not when she's helping somebody else. When she so when when somebody needs her or wants her, which is pretty frequently, she's um, she's been in treatment for a while. She's been in groups and things like that. So a lot of her friends have been in treatment as well. So if somebody calls and says I'm having a really hard time, boom, she's on the spot, and whatever she's feeling has to take a back seat because she's not going to not show up. Well, and again, you're you're focused. You 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 take the focus off yourself, and so you're not ruminating. You're focused on somebody else, right? And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a great reminder. What was, so that I loved that story. Yeah. Um, a great reminder. What were some other like surprises, surprising questions or surprising statements from the audience? Cause you were, you were in contact with hundreds of people in one day. Cause John did a morning, there was a morning showing, maybe you said this and John did the, um, you know, the postmortem. And that's probably not the right word to use. <laughs> and then, um, and then you did it again at night. Um, what were anything fresh? Anything surprising? Yeah, here, here, here's something cool that happened that you just reminded me of. Um, so somebody would posit a question, and then somebody else would just yell something that an answer. Uh, so at, at one of the sessions, um, uh, a dad asked, um, you know, what do you think about medication? Um, for anxiety. And somebody yelled from the back of the room, no, no, don't do it. Start with therapy. To start with therapy. Xanax can be addictive. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and, um, and so you could hear that, the, and that wasn't a judgment or anything like that. No. And that wasn't, I'm taking something away from the speaker. Yeah. This, this was like, you know, a gut reaction, like, no, 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 don't do that yet. You know, like, <laughs> hold up. And that happened a bunch of times. So once that became a thing, then once somebody had a question, uh, a couple of times I just said, anybody have a thought? You know right. what I mean? So w one thing about anxiety is, wait, I want to reference something. Um, it's something that Wayne Dyer said about religion that reminds me of the talks I did about anxiety. Okay. I and know, yeah. You know, you know where I'm headed, yeah. right? So Wayne said... Uh, he was comparing religion with spirituality. And he said, when we talk about religion, people want to argue. When we talk about spirituality, people want to share. Amen. Which, which um, if you give that a moment, that is one of the most profound things I've ever heard in my life. And I, it, it is a fundamental gut-level truth, right? Yeah. Um, there is something about 
talking about um, suffering, anxiety, depression, addiction. You know, if you've ever been, you have you ever been to an AA meeting? No. So um, my dad was an AA. My brother uh, was an AA briefly uh, before he died. Um, and there are certain places that feel like like real church in a way because there's this base truth coming out, right? And in a room full of parents and kids who are anxious and working towards solutions, you feel this kind of collective energy that says, let's figure this out. Let's oh, wor- let's work that. together and let's figure this out. And, you know, kind of like let's support each other. Like uh, there were a couple times I could catch some of the kids making eye contact with some of the other kids in the room. Oh, my God. And in my mind's eye, I have this kind of like, hey, if I see you, if I see you in the hall, I got you. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that, awesome. That kind of vibe was, was kind yeah. of very, very present, this kind of um, uh, collective goodwill, right? So um, it, it felt good, uh, curiously good, to be in this, um, this theater where um, normally I think it would be very, very difficult to be there. I think people probably were not necessarily, were probably looking forward to it in that, they were hoping to get something out of it. But I asked people at the beginning of the first session, how many people are anxious right now? And there was this like collective nervous laughter in the room. Well, and, and how comforting. We talk a lot about, and it's true, people suffer, uh, spend so much time thinking they're the only ones. Yeah. And so kids for sure who feel really awful think there's something wrong with them and probably they're the only ones. And then the families, the parents, when you see this happening to your kid, you feel so uh, isolated and and desperate and probably, you know, maybe there's to some degree you don't want to be that forthcoming about it. Um, but yeah, it must feel, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. And I never thought about that, how comforting it must have been to be all together and see each other and know uh, everyone probably just felt better in that there were so many people there. Yeah. Well, you know, once uh, in the second session, once this nine-year-old guy spoke. Oh, my God. And that's it was amazing. so powerful. Um, then all these other kids felt empowered and wanted, and, and it seemed like they wanted to tell their story. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, nobody was moving. You know, like we were there late and nobody was moving. Because, I wish I would have come. I, I don't know yeah. why I didn't. Well, you've, you've come to some of those before. No, I right? know. And we all know that Michael Phelps shows up in a surprise appearance. What? Yeah. So, you know, like once you've seen it. Um, but anyway, it, it, that, that kind of a thing is, is really powerful and really moving. And it does speak to um, how, how powerful we can be collectively in the way of healing, right? So you would think that, oh, a bunch of anxious people together, are, that's just going to drive more anxiety. And that's not the case. I mean, that you, you hear all of this talk about like less taboo, less, less stigma around mental health. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Well, I can say in real time, twice in one day, I could feel stigma come down and anxiety come down yeah. at the same time. You know what I mean? So there was this idea that nobody really talked about that, that the more we talk about it, the better off we are and the less afflicted we feel. Yeah, and and alone, and and the less alone we feel. I mean, like, you could almost feel like, oh, this kid told his story. That seems great. I gotta tell my story. You know what I mean? 
So it, so the second session was kind of weird because first session was filled with like questions for an expert. The second session, I was there were more kids. There weren't kids. There were, way at the more, first there one. were only a few kids at the first one. At the second session, because the first one was during school hours, right? Okay. At the second session, I was a moderator. I mean, I, I was far less necessary. <laughs> I was a far less important component. Well, actually, that's that was your role anyway, because it's really important after people view this film that they can talk about it. And so you were there to yeah, as an expert to answer questions. Um but yeah, oh that's so interesting. Right. That there were so many that the difference in having the actual kids there. So I don't know what this means and where this goes. But um, there is a proposal bouncing around in my head over the last few months. It's in the book somewhere, I think. If it's not, I'm going to add it, um, about a class for middle schoolers and high schoolers that involves emotional and mental wellness. This is mental illness among young among kids is so epidemic and affects them so gravely and so few people are aware of it because we have this tendency to focus on numbers and behavior and other metrics that the cause of a lot of this stuff, which is I'm struggling emotionally, never really gets touched on. So if we taught our kids, if we protected time for our kids an hour a day or an hour a week, I'd settle for an hour a week. Um, in class, like a class, but really group therapy, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah. hey, let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about how we're feeling. Kids will, we will not have to do much as educators. Kids will rise to that occasion. And so I cannot think of a more important um, service that any school district can provide to collectively to kids than to offer to kids what we did this week with this with this showing of angst. Um, it's no small thing. Yeah. It's to um, give some air to it, give some room to it, let it let it out there, let it breathe, tell your story. And then the, the level of mental illness will drop precipitously and kids will know because they they'll have the sideways glance already in their minds, we got each other. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and this generation needs that. The kids behind them are going to need it more because of all the stress that we talk ad nauseum about. Yeah. Um, so that probably is our punchline, you know? And that's I want that to happen more than anything else, by the way. So if there are any educators listening and you are willing to have me come and talk to your school board, <laughs> I will show up and I will pitch this um, hard as being more important than math, period. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, all right, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Um, there, there, so some of you will not see this movie, and there's this little blonde-haired boy talking about how you know swimming helps him um, ease his anxiety, and, and Michael Phelps is kind of his hero, and uh, and he's facing the camera, but he's um, kind of maybe 10 feet forward in his kitchen. So there's some space behind him and Michael Phelps walks in the room and uh, somebody asks the kid something about like, you know, doesn't swimming, you know, mess up your hair or, or something, you know, like, you know, cause you know, sometimes swimmers get like, like oh, yeah. green hair. And, um, and then he hears this voice saying, you know, like, um, does my hair look okay? And the kid says, yeah, 
before it registers. And then he's like, and then you just see his jaw hang open for a while because uh, <laughs> it's Michael Phelps asking the question. Because he had, yeah, he struggled with anxiety. And yeah, yeah. Well, Mike, Michael Phelps is probably the best argument you ever see. And we talked about this in, in the first session for movement being a great antidote for um, mental illness. You know what I mean? We can talk about it all we want, but if you're moving, you know, one thing that's clear, and for those of you who ever, like I went for a run today, I'm an anxious guy. Not for a second during my run was I anxious. You know what I mean? Um, I think if we watch kids in pools, most of the time what they're thinking is, I got to get to that wall because I got to get to that wall because I got to get to that wall because yeah. I got to get to that wall. Um, and, and that's true of most sport, and that's true of most trombone playing, and that's true of most activity out yeah. there. Busy, kids are less anxious. Moving, creating, yeah. and yeah, yeah connecting. Yeah. Yep. So what's coming up? What do we got coming up? Um, oh, I just want to say that um, I am having an art show. What? <laughs> I, You're uh, an artist? Uh, I wanted to mention again, uh, at Bloom in LaGrange on May 18th um, with my friend Paula Horvath uh, from 4 to 9. It's an, just, it'll just, it's just an open house. Come on in. The, the shop's amazing, too. Um, and check it out. And the art's amazing. Yeah, the art is amazing. <laughs> there you go. See, like, and it's uh, joyful. It's joyful. And, um, it's like it's it's like your rap. Yeah, it's my rap. Ow. and uh, yeah. So uh, all are welcome. May eighteenth, Bloom and Lagrange, Lagrange, Illinois. For LaGrange, those of you Illinois. Who, are, who are from far, <laughs> for those of you that are flying in, <laughs> four to nine. You really should book your flight soon. By the way. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So and LaGrange does not have an airport. So I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and um, happy Easter, everyone. Happy Passover. Yep. It is um, It is 526 on 420. Um, so I did tweet out a warning to all the kids not to smoke the weed. <laughs> um, we'll see how effective that was. Um, and, uh, and I'm just going to mention that now that I remember the name of my book, Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety... I don't know what happens after the colon. Can you do that part? Oh, uh, raising happy, healthy humans aged 8 to 24. Ages 8 to 24 or aged or something. It's really good. And it's coming out in August. It's coming out in August. Yeah. So um, I'll be doing some speaking around that. But um, And we're going to start doing, like, I think some live, like, Q&As, um, live, either, like, Facebook Live or Instagram Live, Q&As where you guys can send in questions and, uh, you know. And then we'll answer them? Yeah. Yeah. John will answer them. Maybe I'll I chime in. I'll probably have some things to add there. I know a lot of stuff. You know some stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're off to pick up friends at the airport and have some ribs. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, wait. I think the Cubs lost today. But that's not relevant to you guys. You don't care. This is better. This is way better. This is way better. Love All you, right, honey. Love you, honey.